You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome to a Locked On crossover. We preview the Cowboys and the Texans. Oh, it's rivalry week in Texas. Oh, we love it. I'm Locked On Texans host Robert Land along with Brian Patterson. If you don't know us from over on the Cowboys side, we've also got, of course, Locked On Cowboys host Marcus Mosher with us. And Marcus, uh, you know, you guys are kind of being crapped on around the league, but it's funny. You look up at the standings and the Cowboys are two and two and we would love two and two in Houston. Yeah, two and two and almost leading the division. The the Redskins had a, a bye last week, so they're sitting at two and one. But yeah, two and two doesn't sound all that bad. The Eagles are, you know, they're not exactly looking like the Eagles yet. So, I mean, I, I guess, you know, everybody just assumes that the Eagles are going to pull away. I mean, what what are you feeling right now about the Cowboys? Uh, not good things. I, I feel like the, the, the win that we had over the, the Lions was pretty lucky. Uh, and against the Giants, that's a team the Cowboys beat pretty regularly. So, I, I don't know. It, it's so hard to tell after the first month of the season. You don't want to overreact to things, but you also don't want to underreact. But I kind of just feel like this is a very, very, very average Cowboys team this year. What exactly are you seeing that has surprised you so far? <sighs> well, I guess the Cowboys spent all offseason talking about how this passing game was going to improve without Jason Witten and without Des Bryant because – you know, they're going to have a bunch of different receivers who can do a lot of different things. And it's going to be an offense that feeds the ball to open receivers. And through the first four weeks of the season, you can argue that the Cowboys have one of the worst passing games in football. Uh, not surprisingly to most of us, because, you know, the NFL is about, you know, the players on the field. And when your best receiver is Cole Beasley and Tavon Austin, you're going to struggle, but uh, I was expecting with Ezekiel Elliott coming back, uh, uh, you know, in shape that this offense was going to be at least average. And that's certainly hasn't been the case so far. They, they have been a pretty bad offense for the first month of the season. What about on the other side of the football? What, what are you seeing from the Cowboys so far? It's mixed. Uh, there's some games, uh, you know, you look at the Panther game in week one, the defense looked fantastic. In week two against the Giants, they looked really solid. Uh, over the last two weeks against Russell Wilson and Matt Stafford, not so good. They're the only defense in the league that hasn't uh, forced an interception yet. They have just two fumbles this year. Um, it's a defense with a lot of talent. They have a lot of injuries right now on the defensive line and at linebacker. But it, it still feels a little bit clunky, like they're still figuring out their identity. Uh, it's a it's a good defense. It's certainly not a great defense. I guess if there's a big thing these two teams have in common, guys, is that, you know, we both have coaches that everybody else in the NFL thinks should have been gone a while back and, and they're still yes. hanging on. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think I think Cowboys and Texans fans are the same boat. They, I think. They they probably could do better than Bill O'Brien and Jason Garrett, but they probably could do worse. You just feel like you don't get a big advantage on game day. At least that's my perception of the Cowboys and Texans. Am I wrong? Well, yeah. I mean, I think well, Brian wrote something on uh, his other game, House of Houston. He writes as well, also for on fan side. And Brian, you talk about it, but. You know, a few months ago, you were all for the Bill O'Brien extension. I know you've kind of backed off of that a little bit in the last couple of weeks. Oh, I have. And let me tell you guys, and I talked about it on the show, uh, it's just that it was working between he and Deshaun Watson, you know, for those six games. And I just felt that, you know, we, we need to run that back. 
I didn't know if necessarily he was going to get that much of an extension. I, I I surely didn't expect he would get four years. I was saying maybe two. Yeah, that would be fine, but they give him that much time. And uh, that's why it's just not a good move right now to, to to fire him unless they're willing to pay two coaches and maybe the McNairs are willing to, to do that. But, you know, we, what we saw from last game against the Colts, it looks like Deshaun got a little more free reign to do uh, what he normally does out there by kind of free reigning a bit and just being able to run whenever things go sour, especially with the offensive line. He's getting the time to throw. I mean, again, he leads the league in the amount of time it takes for him to attempt a pass. Uh, he's right up above Josh Allen. So he's at 3.2, about 3.2 seconds uh, per attempt. And Josh Allen's right behind him at 3.1. Russell Wilson's right behind him uh, as well. So he's getting the time. But I'm thinking with him holding on to the football that long, the offensive line can't hold forever. And then either he's going to have to take the sack or he's going to be throwing a bad pass. And that's why in the situation where we did go to no huddle, turnovers would be created. But it looks like they have found the right level of pace uh, for Deshaun and the rest of these guys so that way we could be productive we put 28 points up on the board all the way up until uh overtime we kind of just went stagnant at that point but I think that if we keep running it like this we possibly could continue to average 30 points a game and we could start racking up some wins I'm not going to say we're out of it because there's a lot of parity so I honestly feel that that's the way we need to go I've got a quick question about yeah. uh, Deshaun Watson because obviously that's the the guy that the Cowboys have to pay the most attention to um, this week. Is his biggest weakness right now is that he's almost a little too talented that he tries to play hero ball at times where you know he knows he can make plays all over the field and that's why he holds onto the ball because he's looking for a guy open or he tries to fit balls into you know places that maybe they shouldn't be. Is hero ball a problem for Watson right now? I would think that's very fair as far as an assessment um, in terms of for the way he's going uh, with it. You can go back to week two against the Titans, you know, when there were precious seconds ticking off the clock and he was still holding on to the football. He said at the press conference after the game, we lost, of course, you know, we could have made a strike down the field and we could have, you know, tried to win the game. But the situation with that was, is that he was trying to make that big play instead of trying to make the play that's going to get us to the next level. We could have just gotten within field goal range, have Kami Fairburn kick the the football, uh, you know, tie up the game and try to duke it out in overtime. But he wanted to make the big play. That's the situation. Rob, I'll turn it over to you because I'm pretty sure you've got something a little different than me. Yeah, I feel like it's great that he wants to make the big play. And I yeah, think that's yeah. the thing that everybody loves about him here in Houston. And, and you, you become the fan of, of that. You know, it, it's it's a matter of he's got to pick his spots. And, and the thing is, if you've got a guy like him, you need an offensive line that is willing to block for you for a while and, and kind of hold things up. And, and the Texans... You know, they're totally re- rebuild offensive line. It's a work in progress. They they had basically a rookie and a second-year guy starting at tackle. You know, they switched out the right tackle this past week. And Kendall Lamb, who has been around but has been nothing special, had a much better game than Julian Davenport, who was the right tackle. I, I want to get your thoughts in just a second, Marcus, about just, uh, you know, what the Cowboys have and, and can they put pressure on the Texans tackles. Uh, Before I do that, I just want to remind everybody that the NBA preseason is here. And that means locked on NBA, part of our locked on network 
it, it's it's not only it's not back. It never went away. It's still here for you every single day. Locked on NBA is your daily national NBA podcast. Every Monday, get the local experts on the biggest stories. Then stay with Locked On NBA all week. It's on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or you can even tell your smart speaker to play the podcast Locked On NBA. Really easy to do. And if you think you can win some money on the NBA or the NFL off the Texans or the Cowboys, go to mybookie.ag. Remember who you're betting on. It's just as important as who you're betting with. They've been in business for years. They've got great reviews on their mobile website is easy to use. I would only recommend a service that's been good to me. That's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game live betting over unders on fantasy points scored and the most rewarding player perks in the biz. My bookie is slammed with new betters and wants to give everyone the best service possible. So if you're willing to deposit after 6 p.m. Central, they'll give you an additional $25 free play on deposits over $100. Great deal right there. Join now and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use the promo code LOCKEDON to activate the offer. You guys should know it by now, but it's really easy to do. And visit MyBookie online today. It's Use the promo code LOCKEDON when creating your account to claim up to $1,000 in free play. And if you wait till 6 p.m., get that extra $25 free play by using the promo code LOCKEDON25. Real easy to use there for an extra $25. It's just LOCKEDON25. Go ahead. Wait till after dinner. Take the extra money. My bookie. You play. You win. You get paid. All right, Marcus, I'm curious from the the Cowboys standpoint, do you feel like you guys can put some pressure on Deshaun, take advantage of the tackles. I mean, especially our our left tackle. You know, he's a guy we, we didn't even see him in the preseason, Marcus. I mean, this is Martinez Reagan's <laughs> a third round pick that was hurt most of training camp, uh, most of the time for the preseason until the very last couple of games, and now they've got him starting at left tackle. Do you feel you feel like you can actually the Cowboys can do something about that? Let's first start with this. Who's planning on starting at right tackle for the Texans this week? Is it going to be Davenport again? I think it'll be Lamb because he played well. They're going to stick with him. Okay. He did get hurt late in the game, but I haven't seen any indication that he's going to miss any time. So it's probably going to be him. So first of all, he is going to have a difficult time because that's the side that Demarcus Lawrence lightens up on on nearly every snap. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence right now leads the league at five and a half sacks. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen him play better overall football in the run game and in the pass game. And with Deshaun Watson holding on to the ball so long, that could spell trouble. Now, on the on the left side with Rankin, he's going to be going against Randy Gregory and Taco Charlton. The combination of those two are, are pretty good. Randy obviously has a little bit more speed around the edge. Taco plays with a little bit more power. The Cowboys have been wanting to get more from that position over the last couple of weeks, and they, and they haven't got a ton of production. But the key in this game could be the emergence of David Irving, their Cowboys star defensive tackle who uh, was suspended the first four games of the season. He's been around the facility. He's in fantastic shape. Uh, He is is supposed to practice on Wednesday. We shall see what his snap count looks like, uh, you know, in this contest, but the Cowboys expect him to play. And when he is on the field, there's not five better defensive tackles in the entire league. This is a guy that averages almost a sack a game, almost two pass deflections per game between Demarcus Lawrence, Randy Gregory, Taco Charlton, Tyrone Crawford, and David Irving. I think they could get a lot of pressure on Desha- Deshaun Watson. I think 
the the matchup between the Texans offensive line and the Cowboys defensive line is probably the biggest mismatch in this game. If I'm if I'm creating a pass rush against the Dallas Cowboys, if I'm trying to get to Dak, what side of your offensive line? And I know it's pretty darn stout, uh, but where am I going? Where would I attack right now? Where is your weakness? Right up the middle. Uh, Prescott, first of all, you don't have Travis Frederick in, at center. Uh, Connor Williams is a rookie second-round pick who they like but really struggles with power. And one thing that happens with Prescott is when he gets pressure in his face, instead of moving around the pocket, what he tends to do is bail and get outside the pocket or he backs up. And uh, we, we saw it even last week in the final gr- drive against Detroit. Dak had a little bit of pressure in his face. Step up, took a step backwards, and the ball was stripped from him. Now, the Cowboys were lucky enough to recover that fumble, but those type of plays are out there. So if uh, J.J. Watt and, and you know the rest of their defensive line can get pressure up the middle, I think they can make life pretty hard for Prescott in this one. What do Cowboys fans think that, you know, Jason Garrett's not doing for Dak Prescott? I mean, that's that's what you hear is – you know, maybe if there's another coach, we see how all these other coaches are, are melding their quarterbacks to what they do well. And, and you know, that's what that's what the Texans did with Deshaun Watson last year. I mean, what are the Cowboys doing with Z- Dak and what do they maybe need to do with Dak? This is a great question. I absolutely love this. So uh, the, the, for me, the thing with Prescott is they're not creating layup throws and what I mean by layup throws are you know your your screen passes or your short you know from zero to five yards where you get the ball in the hands of your playmaker and let them do the work the Cowboys have uh, the least amount of yards after catch this season they're just not creating many easy throws for him everything for Prescott is contested everything is uh, with you know guys in his face the receivers aren't creating any separation they need to be able to scheme guys open a little bit and they just the coaching staff just doesn't have the ability to do that. Um, so Prescott's having to throw into tight windows. His accuracy is fine, but it's not pinpoint. He can't put the ball wherever he wants. So when you're going against a team that has good coverage, you're going to struggle. Uh, I think the Cowboy fans would like to see them open up the offense a little bit more, throw the ball down the field. Before last week, they just threw the ball beyond 15 yards four times all season. Defenses know this. They're crowding the line of scrimmage. The Cowboys aren't in a very aggressive offense. Uh, so creating layup throws and taking more shots down the field is what Cowboy fans would like to see from Prescott. I'd say, you know, I don't know, Brian, I'm thinking if the weakness for the Cowboys – if we're talking Texans defense and Cowboys offense on the field, if the if the weakness is up the middle, you know, I think that's what the Texans are probably going to do with JJ. I mean, that JJ is the guy that's been getting it done and he's causing the havoc and he's you know, the Cowboys fans, if you're wondering like how's JJ Watt looking, he's looking like old JJ. I mean, his numbers that's scary. That's that's terrifying. It, they're off the chart again. I mean, this year, I mean, he's the best defensive player on the Texans without question. Uh, Clowney finally showed up this last week, but but he had looked really bad after missing pretty much all of the preseason. And, you know, they I don't know what they were doing with him, but they were being what he thought was overprotective. That That's just kind of come out within the last week, week and a half. It's what, you know, this is what Clowney says. So I would say, you know, if, if I were the Texans, Brian, I'm thinking, you know, let JJ move, move towards the middle a little bit and maybe... You know, Whitney Merciless, he's not done much this year. That's another thing that's that's pretty interesting. And as far as a pass rush, and, and maybe you move Whitney Merciless to the, to, the, to the outside and you move J.J. inside, it, it's something that I, I feel like the Texans 
should have played with a little bit this year, but they they don't want to. I, I don't know if it's JJ likes being on the outside. He likes the tackle, but the, it's also interesting because the Texans have played some third string tackles in the first couple, you know, last few weeks of the season. I mean, the Titans have had tackle issues, the Giants have had tackle issues, and the Colts have all had. I mean, every all those teams have had tackle issues, so that may have played a huge role too. I mean, I would think, Brian. I was going to ask a question about your run defense really quickly. Um, we know that the, the Texans have a great pass rush, but uh, what about their linebackers? How did, how have they been at stopping the run this year? Because we know the Cowboys, that's their forte. That's their bread and butter. They want to run the ball 25, 30, 35 times a game. How do you expect the Texans to match up with the Cowboys rushing attack? I would honestly think uh, right now at the moment, uh, I, I think the linebackers um, are for the most part with on the run defense side, they're getting the job done. I worry about Zach Cunningham because he's our second round pick from last season. And uh, he truly on, you know, in all regards is not getting it done. How can you go from just a guy that was, you know, on to the ascent to greatness uh, after his rookie year and has taken such a nosedive in terms of his level of play? Um, he, he is, you know, absolutely garbage in coverage right now. And I don't know uh, what's what's going to happen there. And that's, you know, that situation there. But as far as uh, covering, uh, you know, in, in run defense, he hasn't been much better either. Uh, looking at his pro football focus numbers, you know, they usually hover uh, right around in the 40s for this season. They were a lot higher uh, last season. So I know you guys are going to be attacking Zach Cunningham. That's the guy you're going to probably be going after um, in terms of the linebackers. I think Bernardrick McKinney, I keep saying McKinney, Bernardrick McKinney uh, should certainly be one of the guys that's going to stand out um, in terms of the linebackers. Um, you've you've got a lot of talent. We've lost uh, Dylan Cole for the season. I would have loved to see him out there. He would have been a fierce uh, defender out there. But um I think we're going to be decent on the run, but um, that's who you guys are going to go after, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I, I would say beat the Texans with the pass and the short passing game because the Texans just stay so far off the off the uh, other team's receivers. And, you know, if I'm the Cowboys, that, that probably plays a little bit into their hands, doesn't it? Yeah, their best receiver is Cole Beasley, and they obviously like to feed him in the short to intermediate area. But after that, I mean, there's not a receiver on the Cowboys roster that should scare the Texans. Uh, they have Michael Gallup, who is a rookie, who they like, uh, but he's not a dynamic player on the outside. Uh, Deontay Thompson has some speed, but that's about it. Probably their other most dangerous weapon is Tavon Austin, uh, but it seems like for him it's either a screen pass, a jet sweep, or a 50-yard bomb down the field. So there's no, not much route diversity there. It, it's a pretty bland offense. You know you're going to get a lot of uh, a lot of touches for Elliott, but in the passing game, it can be a mixed bag depending on the week. Yeah, a lot of what you're saying right now plays into the into the Texans' hands, and we got a couple more questions in a bit. But just want to remind everybody if you're enjoying the Locked On Network, Locked On Texans, Locked On Cowboys, tell your friends, support all of us by sharing our show links with your social media followers. Take a few seconds to rate us on iTunes. We really appreciate it. And we got a partner with Vivid Seat. So you don't want to just watch the Texans or the Cowboys from home when you can go to the stadium in person. Thanks to Vivid Seats. They offer great prices for NFL games and all live events. And our listeners receive $20 off orders of $200 or more. If you're a first time customer, just use our exclusive promo code locked on 
That's locked on again. All one word and all Vivid Seats confirmed orders are backed by a 100% guarantee. That's pretty cool. Go to vividseats.com or download the app and enter promo code locked on for $20 off orders of $200 or more for new customers. It's a great way to save money the next time you go to a game and Vivid Seats wants to help you get to the game. All right, Marcus, uh, where are you as far as this game after you kind of know a little bit about where, where the two teams are? Uh, what are you feeling about the Texans versus the Cowboys? And I mean, I, I feel like this is kind of loser could go home for the season. Although, boy, your division just isn't what I thought it w- was going to be to start the year. But for the if the Texans lose this game, you know, I, I feel like it, th- th- you could stick the fork in them. This one's tough because there's some clear mismatches for both teams that they should be able to exploit. We talked about the Cowboys defense line against the Texans offensive line. Uh, we talked about the the Texans pass rushers against the Cowboys interior of the line. I really think this game is going to come down to turnovers. Uh, like I mentioned before, the Cowboys have just two turnovers this year. Deshaun Watson's been a little bit turnover prone this year. If he can cut back on the turnovers, um, and I have – the utmost confidence that he's going to be able to find guys open in the, the Cowboys secondary, whether that's DeAndre Hopkins or Will Fuller, if he, if he plays, or Kiki QT. Um, I don't expect it to be a super high-scoring game. I'm thinking like a 23-20 type of game, but I am leaning a little bit towards Houston winning this one. What do you think, Brian? I, I really do think that we can squeak this one out. Um, I think we both have problems on both ends of the football but ultimately, I think with this being such a matchup that's so special to all the fans uh, here in Houston, um, you know, we only get to play each other uh, here in Houston every eight years, and that's every four years uh, we alternate. Um, it's such a big game uh, here in Houston. I think that, you know, this team is going to give something uh, to us fans, uh, to us that are covering this team, something to look forward to for this season because we don't have a lot uh, you know, that's that's on the gamut uh, for us to to look forward to. But uh, this it comes down to coaching, too. I mean, both coaches are, you know, they have their issues. So sure. it, it'll be a coaching battle. It doesn't it doesn't come down to coaching because they both stink. We know that it's not going to come down <laughs> to coaching. Brian's going to pretend like, it, you know, the Houston players care about the Texas. The Texans players don't understand what the, what the matchup is. The fans will, will be in it. The fans are always in it for this matchup, but I mean, it, it doesn't really affect much on the field. I mean, to me, I, I, I like this matchup for the Texans, but you're not going to, you're not going to sucker me Texans into picking you again. Cause I've done it way too many times this year and it, and it's cost me, but yeah, I mean, if, if I'm looking at the, at the Cowboys, um, Dak Prescott, you know, he doesn't have maybe the skills yet. And Jason Gary doesn't have the skills to me to pick apart, the Texans defense, the way some of the other quarterbacks and coaches that they've gone against to this point. So, you know, if the Cowboys win this game, yeah, I, I agree that it's going to have to be a low scoring game because if it turns, if it starts to become a shootout, uh, Deshaun's got, got that kind of game. I, I feel like that that's a Deshaun game. And, you know, we don't know if Will Fuller is going to play, but uh, even if he doesn't play, that would have been a huge concern, but uh, QT has really added something to the offense and you put him with DeAndre Hopkins. And I, I think, you know, the, the Texans should have enough offense to uh, win in, in, in some, in a, in a shootout, but 
The Texans, you know what they got to do, Marcus, is they don't seem to show up when, in the first quarter. You know, it'd be nice if they would show up in the first quarter pretending to play. <laughs> that that would be cool. I would think with this game being a you know a Sunday night game, the crowd's going to be loud. I, I kind of don't expect that to be the case. There's no way they can come out flat in this one, right? Well, you would think they wouldn't have yeah. come out flat against the Giants, their first home game, and they're they're going up against a team that's zero and two. And you would have thought, oh, the Texans. Well, they got to show up for this when their back's against the wall. If you're 0-3, your, your playoff chances are pretty much done. And they didn't do it that game. And then you would have thought, okay, well, they're playing the Colts. And, you know, they, they, they did turn it around after a, a terrible start to the game again. After the first quarter, uh, they, they started to get it going against the Colts. And then they started to score some. But, you know, I, I don't know. They're, emotionally, they just don't come ready for games, and I, I don't get it. I mean, I, is, is, is the, Cow- are the Cowboys able to take advantage of something like that? I mean, what, what do you think? <laughs> Probably not. I mean, <laughs> Jason Garrett is their head coach. I, I, I don't think it's going to happen. I, I, I honestly think this will be a game that Houston comes out pretty fired up. Uh, Dallas will probably take, Dallas will probably defer the ball to Houston. Houston will go down and get points, and the Cowboys are just not a very good road team at this time. Yeah, it sounds like uh, your your mic is is defecting, like uh, the Cowboys and the Texans have looked at times. It's like it's like your mic's being coached up by Bill O'Brien and Jason Garrett. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're, we'll uh, we'll close things out with that. Uh, of course, uh, we come at you daily, locked on Texans and locked on Cowboys. You know, I, I hope the game uh, has more to it than uh, the, these coaches inspire inspire us uh but uh should be a fun one uh that's all we got for this one that's all for a locked on crossover thanks for joining us everybody you are locked on texans your daily houston texans podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day (laughs) 